the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into Hour 2 of our daily three-hour tour. It is a delight to bring back good friend David Harsanyi. He's a senior writer for National Review. Great book he's authored, First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun. The occasion of us reaching uh, out to David is his piece, The Disgraceful Hunter Biden Cover-Up at National Review, which is really good. David, how are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? Well, we're doing we're doing okay here. On the positive side, we're celebrating Frank Sinatra's birthday. On the negative side, we're looking at the story that you've been writing about and all that's <laughs> involved in it. So, you know, it's it's a big country, right? Um, yeah. David, I don't know where to begin. Let me try it this way. When Hunter Biden disclosed, I guess it was Wednesday, he disclosed that he was under investigation. I, I I think a lot of conservatives weren't that surprised. I know I wasn't. What's amazing to me is this faux surprise everyone else in the media seems to be expressing. Can I start there? And can I add in a press call with Joe Biden today, not a single member of the media asked Joe Biden about this? Let me ask. Let me just put those two thoughts to you and let you take it from there. Well, I would say that... Uh I don't think anyone was actually surprised okay. by okay. what the Biden news was. I think that they pretend to be surprised. Okay. But, I mean, uh, clearly, I think that the initial post story was conducted within the normal ethical journalistic standards used by reporters forever, for a long time at least, uh, to gather information and find something out. Um, I think that, that most of the media at this point, and I know this sounds... Um, bit over the top, but I just I just think it's corrupt. I mean, I just think that many of the major journalistic institutions work to elect Democrats, and they thought that story would undermine the elect, you know, Biden's election, and uh, and uh, they, they, you know, with with that with the Hillary Clinton uh, coverage in mind from 2016, they decided that this time they weren't going to engage in that, even though it was pretty clear that Joe Biden. His family had been involved in, in, in pretty in pretty shady dealings, and who knows what what that exactly entailed? We're not sure yet. And that Joe Biden might have known about it, which seems to be an incredibly important story before an election, no matter what Donald Trump's saying or doing. So, um, and they and they decided not not only not to cover it, which is not biased, it's activism, but they decided to pressure in a way social media to suppress the story as well, which is unprecedented, and. Uh, and you know, here we are. And the no, not one person has said, uh, "I'm sorry." <laughs> not one thing has changed, and not one thing, not one person will be held responsible. You said a lot there, and I want to unpack a little bit of it with you, if I can, because the media and the corruption of the media—we've probably been of that view for some time. I think one of the, but don't let me put words in your mouth. One of the things. Okay. So feel free to you know, push back on anything I say. But 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 one thing that I think was massively different this time was what you said there at the end, the social media aspect of it. I think in large part, for better or worse, for criticism or approval, Donald Trump used 
Twitter, let's say, to kind of as his way of going over the heads of the mainstream media. And it seems this past year they decided to show him what true will really was. And they went after that, including the suppression of the Biden story, including the tagging and censoring of some of his tweets. The censoring of this story was a big one. I don't know if you saw that Media Research Center poll, exit exit poll of voters in swing states, but they found that 45 percent of Biden voters were totally unaware of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Forty five percent of Biden voters and of that 45 percent, nine and a half percent said they wouldn't have voted for him based on it, which would have flipped six states. Incredible, if true. And I assume it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, they would if they did not think it would have an effect on the election, they would have covered it. Right. So it's clear to me that they believe that it mattered. Um, and, you know, it's it, 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 and as you talk about the social media yeah. aspect, yeah. I mean, that was the most, that was just the worst uh, instance of, of of censorship. I don't mean government censorship. But still, you know, companies can act in illiberal ways as, as well, and yeah. they did. Uh, of that story is, is was the most egregious, uh, you know, offense of, of big tech that I've ever seen. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't really know what the answer is on how to fix that sort of thing, but it, it's something that, you know, Republicans... Yeah, I, I care, honestly. I mean, I, many of my critics would probably just call me a partisan or something, but I'm pretty critical of Donald Trump. I just want to, I want to hear these stories. I think journal, I care about journalism. I really do. I wish I had places I could go and read stories that I didn't think were biased, that I didn't think were, you know, that I trusted, but the, those places are very few. Now. You it's raise a really good question. Really that's, a, you know, that's something I haven't thought about in a long time. Where do you go to just get straight news stories because we know no right there isn't we do know that if you go to the new york post there's a there's a conservative slant to it we know that or any of or or any of the others um there's going to be a left-wing slant to it but we've never seen this kind of behavior of one media outlet going after another the way they went after the new york post i've never seen anything like it anyway i, I remember yeah. you know in the Woodward, the washington post heyday you know they were always battling the new york times for the scoop weren't they over the pentagon papers who could get oh, there yeah. first right um so now it's not we didn't get there first it's we don't want to go there we won't go there and we will shut you up for going there that's that's a pretty big change. Yeah, that's a huge huge change, and you definitely you definitely are right. I mean, you know, media naval gazers like to talk about tribalism, but there's no tribe bigger than the media tribe, mm-hmm. and they they are no longer compete with each other. Um, I, I when I was a reporter in Denver, uh, a, a metro reporter in Denver. Uh, let me rephrase that, a metro columnist in Denver. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw that. Okay. Try, yeah. try again. No, Wait, just, like uh, the it, Spanish Inquisition. You want to come in again? You want to start a <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, You know, I was reporting, and, it, and w- there was a, two papers, the Denver Post and Rocky Mountain right. News. It's sort of the heyday of newspapers, frankly, you know, big, you know. So there was a, uh, you know, they were competitive with each other. There were newspaper right. wars. People right. fought for stories. Right. You, d- you don't see that kind of competition anymore. It's right. just tribalism. Right. And for many of these, you know, for the CNNs, for 
which is, the I think, the worst offender because they pretend to be something they're not Agreed. more yeah. than MSNBC right. or anyone like that. Right. They're the worst. Now, I, I don't mind bias as much. I mean, it's not that I don't mind it, but I think there's always some inherent bias, right? Mm-hmm. So if I used to read the New York Times, I would know I'm reading a story about Israel. This is going to be slanted in a certain way. I'm reading this story, etc. But now I don't even know that I can trust stories are true. Right. I don't know that the Washington Post is, is, is writing a true story right. because during the Russia collusion thing, they wrote many, many stories that were simply false. Um, and it's that kind of tr- distrust, I think, that really, really is corrosive and, you know, and, and bad for democracy, you know, and, you know, and I put that in quotation marks, but just bad for our democracy. Well, let me add to that. Let me add to that point. Because when the New York Post broke the Hunter Biden laptop story, you go into this a little bit in your piece, too. The other reporters, whether on TV or, I guess, in print, talking on TV, you know, Washington Post, New York Times types going on Brian Stelter's show or whatever, they would say, well, we don't know where this came from. We can't source this. This might have been Russian disinformation. Immediately, I thought, well... Isn't it your job to go? I mean, is is it your job to just sit there and speculate, or is it your job to kind of go do what Carl Bernstein did, which is running down, running down the story and finding the source? Or on, on top of which, the stock and trade of the Washington Post and New York Times the past four years has been to rely wholly on anonymous sources, not wholly, often on anonymous sources out of the White House. Where this was very well sourced, we saw Bobolinsky. We saw the computer store uh, repairman owner. I mean, this had better sourcing and better journalistic ethics at the New York Post than much of what the Times and Post had been up to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was just a concerted effort to suppress that story. They, they, anything can be Russian disinformation, <laughs> right, right? I mean. Right. <laughs> In fact, many of the Trump stories were probably Russian disinformation sent through various channels. Sure. So it is like um, that's the reason, you know, you get your hands on actual emails. That's the reason you can just go to, at, you know, you can go to Hunter Biden and ask him if it's true. They, Boblensky, I think I'm pronouncing it right. They, they, they have, they had a whistleblower, right? Right. right. And he went on television. Right. And almost everything he said has already been corroborated. Right. right. And he said, he said that that he had met with Joe Biden. Yep. So there is no reason to believe that he's lying. In a normal, in a normal, healthy journalistic environment, people would be speaking to him and trying to track down evidence of that, because Joe Biden, incidentally, has lied. Uh, we know now lied on numerous occasions to claim that he did not know what his son. Right. Was up yeah. To. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's another thing I wanted to talk. Do you have time for one more segment? If I take a quick break. Sure. Uh, thank you. We'll be sure. right back with David Harsanyi of uh, National Reviewers, a senior writer. His book, First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun is Fabulous, but his piece, The Disgraceful Hunter Biden Cover-Up, is what we're talking about right now. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Uh, We are delighted to have with us David Harsanyi from National Review. His piece, The Disgraceful Hunter Biden Cover-Up, is, I think, the piece on everything that's gone down. David is also the writer of First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun, a really important and great book. Uh, David, right before the break, we were getting into something here that I wanted to uh, plumb with you as well, and that was the lying that Joe Biden engaged in throughout the campaign vis-a-vis his son Hunter and how the media seems to have not only accepted that, but seems to have no curiosity in it now that they are 
revealed his lies beyond peradventure. I mean, right now, it, it, we just we have to you have to know as much as one plus one equals two that Joe Biden was lying about Hunter. Oh yeah, I mean, it's not the first time you lied about him. Actually, a few years ago as well, saying he knew nothing about his business dealings. Right. Meanwhile, we know that Hunter was on a, on on a vice presidential plane to China at the time when he he met with some of these investors, and that and that Biden, uh, Joe Biden, was probably aware of these things. Moreover, we we have a, a witness who says that Joe Biden. Uh, was the big guy and that he, you know, was well aware of the, the finances and that he took a cut and stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying that that's true for sure. Yeah, we don't know. We thing. don't. Yeah, right. That's right. the allegation. Right. Right. That's the allegation. And, uh, you know, I'm not I don't even know that what he, he did was criminal necessarily. Yeah, I don't know course. either. There may be a right. foreign influences thing. I don't know. But but it's right. But it's not clean. But it's shady. Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's sure shady. not clean. Right. Right. And it's it's something that um, if a Republican were engaged in, we would know a lot about. Uh, the media would do its job in that case, and uh, but we don't now. And the way that they not only protected Biden during the campaign, where he was rarely asked any kind of question that, that was uncomfortable. I think one guy asked him from maybe it was Fox, but maybe he might have been a CBS reporter. There's a CBS guy and there's Peter Ducey of Fox. There's one guy at CBS who gets in a tough question once in a while. I can't think of his name. Right, yeah. Right, right. And and, uh, Biden told him, you know, just like yelled at him basically. And, you know, no no one was there to defend him. The usual crowd, you know, the people who have a meltdown every time Trump tweets something mean about about journalism. Um, And then uh, he, at the debate, said... He couched it in his in a weird way, but he said a whole bunch of people, you know, yeah. intel former intelligence people say that this is Russian disinformation. Right. Well, that's not actually what they said. Even the political also couched it that way. But even they said it could be, and as we discussed before, <laughs> anything could be. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. really yeah. not saying anything. Yeah, anything yeah. could be. So it's interesting what comes out after the election. The vaccine, this story, um, in a bigger way, although. You know, you would want to couch that and say, no, it came out before the election. Just the media didn't didn't uh, didn't cover it. The question I throw at you is the question I get asked all the time. I come up short, I think. But that is what is to be done. What do you do about this environment? And uh, it's I I don't have a clean answer to it other than what you and I do. Other than, uh, you know, I, I don't know what we do about it. We fight harder, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no easy answer. Panacea. There's just, you know, uh, I, I sometimes say that you know, conservatives or people who want different kind of journalism need to build their own institutions of journalism, etc. But you know, my friend Molly Hemingway says to me, always that it's easy to say, but to do it is yeah. a different story. It's yeah. very difficult, and it's, she's right. Yeah, you know. It's a very expensive proposition. Um, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of effort to, to have, you know, I don't, I think there are maybe uh, nearly a thousand people in the New York Times newsroom, right? And that's, that's a major operation. It costs a lot of money. So um, I don't know if it can be done that way. So I don't know. I mean, you keep fact checking them, but I don't think you have to pretend anymore that we're dealing with anything but but people who are antagonistic towards conservative ideas and and free market ideas and socially conservative ideas 
um, anymore, and you just treat them for what they are and don't treat them for what they say they are. And, 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 and maybe that will change them, but I doubt it, because I don't think that they're really paying a price. They, they really I don't mean, care I, anymore, I, right. I, I think. So two things, three maybe. Uh, Bill Bennett told me when he was Secretary of Education, they had a rule whenever there was a press conference, AAA, always assume assault, one. <laughs> so we, 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 I think we have to have the three A's in front of our mind. A friend of mine said when Republicans go into the public sphere, into the public um, world, they have to realize or know that the media is the referee and you as a Republican will always be treated as the away team, just always, every time. But the media is the referee. Um, and then I guess the third thing is the consideration about playing with the Communications Decency Act a little bit. I don't know whether it's reforming Section 230. I don't know if it's trying to apply First Amendment criterion on them somehow through a change in Supreme Court precedent. I, I don't know. But some reform certainly has to take place with media, t- big tech media, don't we think, a little bit? I'm kind of on the outside with okay. this one. I, I'm very nervous about empowering government. Well, first of all, with 230 and removing liability protections, I just, I, listen, I think Twitter is at the same time evil and also wonderful, okay. right? So okay. I think that it, it makes us terrible people and it, it, it bans a lot of conservatives. But in many ways, it also helped Donald Trump reach people he never would have been That's able fair. to reach, I think. Yeah. And I think it helps us debunk things that we wouldn't be able to do right, you know, with, with, with what journalists are doing and things like that. I, if we're going to destroy social media, I don't know that that's going to be a great idea for Republicans. If you have Parler, let's say, and you just have... It's not enough. Par- that's my thing about Parler. It's it's just not there yet, you know? Well, you're just talking to each other, yeah, which yeah. is fine, but you want to debunk yeah, and fight, right? right? I right, mean, right. so I think that part, is, you know, is... So it's complicated. I don't know. I don't know. And also, whenever you empower government to start figuring out what bias is and isn't, like they used to try with the fairness doctrine, they're just going to turn it on you in the end. Um, And the bureaucratic state, which, you know, is what it is, is not going to be your friend. Yeah. Yeah, it does not end well. So that's something to think about now for the long term. I think think. you're right. And also just idealistically on, on speech issues. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think that's right. Hunter is going to be a problem for this administration, though, unless something is done there and about that. And um, and it's it's odd. You know, you don't want to criticize a father for saying, I'm proud of my boy, which is what he said to Peter Ducey today as he walked off the stage. You don't want to criticize that, but he does need a different construction. I think he could say, I don't know, I love my son and we're investigating and we'll have more to say as soon as we learn more. I don't know. Something more than just I'm proud of my boy and walking away. It doesn't rub right. doesn't feel right. This guy is a very troubled person, and it's not yeah, going to work. Yeah, I agree with that. You know. David Harsanyi, you're really kind to come uh, come on with us on a Friday night. I appreciate it very, very right. much. My pleasure. Thanks uh, for having me. You betcha. David Harsanyi, author of First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun. Great book. And, of course, his piece, The Disgraceful Hunter Biden Cover-Up at National Review. We'll be right back. If you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to sell a house, if you're in the midst of selling a house and it's not going well, I want you to call my friend James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. 
He has a great proprietary and state-of-the-art marketing technology. He has a private database of homes that will soon be going on the market. He guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay the difference. He can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer within 24 hours of reaching out to him. I have friends who have used James, and they speak of highly, as highly of him as I do. Give James Wexler a call at 480-386-0711 or visit him online at jameswexler.com. That's James Wexler, W-E-X-L-E-R.com. I see the COVID crazies are out again. New York is now shutting down all indoor dining. Merry Christmas, restaurant workers, restaurant owners. The 21, restaurant known as 21, one of the most historic restaurants in New York, closed forever, announced today. This will affect 300,000 people's livelihoods, just closing the restaurants, from which there is no documented evidence COVID spreads. 1% per chance, perhaps 1%, perhaps 1% of COVID cases come out of restaurants, perhaps 1%. This is being followed by Philadelphia and Baltimore. It's really very tragic. I saw saw a couple restaurant owners being interviewed earlier. One of them said, you know, we were only allowed to operate at 25% prior to this, and it was killing us then. You know, she said, I used to get receipts before all this, like, I'd get a 10,000. It's New York, so obviously the prices are higher and stuff. She said, I was getting... $10,000 a night, given my staffing and everything, I was just able to make a little bit of money. The margins in restaurants are very tight. Restaurants, restaurateurs don't make a lot of money. It's very hard to make money in a restaurant. So she was saying I was, I was before all, at 25% capacity, my receipts were $500 a night. But I'm employing people and I figure someday will come. She goes, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I don't know what we will do now. We will just, I mean, we're totally closed. We're totally closed. Now, Joe Biden's COVID czar is Michael Osterholm. Michael Osterholm out of Minnesota. You know what he said yesterday? No Christmas parties. Quote, the next three to six weeks at minimum are our COVID weeks. <laughs> really? What have we been going through since March? Non-COVID weeks? The next three to six, six weeks at minimum are our COVID weeks. It won't end after that, but that is the period right now, now where we could have a surge upon a surge upon a surge. What does that mean, a surge upon a surge upon a surge? What does it mean? What are you showing? Yeah. Interesting, huh? Yeah. And no Christmas parties, he says. No Christmas parties. Hmm. Okay. You want to do this to the country? They've been doing it. They've been doing it. Issues and insights. America tests positive for a raging mental health pandemic. While public officials are busy cracking down on freedom using viral pandemic is their justification cracking down on freedom using a viral pandemic is their justification another pandemic comes chopping and reaping this one caused by the extreme measures that have produced no beneficial results 
That's actually a very key sentence. The extreme measures, 94% masking compliance, but, you know, masking orders are are needed to get that last 6%, who I'm guessing, by the way, are... Who knows? Who knows who those 6% are? I can tell you they probably don't have COVID. People with the masks are getting COVID. Did you see the governor of Pennsylvania? A mask maven? COVID. Both the elected and unelected who have brought this on need to be held accountable. Accountable for what? I'll tell you when we come back. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. That leaves the show. <laughs> Excuse me, just trying to chase down what the Supreme Court did. They denied the Texas lawsuit, and uh, it's just breaking now. They did issue that decision. We'll see if it was uh, with or without opinion uh, and with or without a division of votes. But we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, interesting enough, you go to CNN or Fox News. They don't. Fox News doesn't have the story at all. <laughs> They're so supercilious. Fox News' lead story is how proud they are that one of their reporters asked Joe Biden a question. And uh, CNN doesn't tell you much. It just says the Supreme Court has ruled. Um, so we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get more of this in just a moment, and we'll do it at the top of the hour for sure. Let's go to Rob and Surprise. Rob, hi. Oh, hi, Seth. Um, happy Friday, I guess, except for what you had just announced. Yeah. Um, was that that they they turned down or they voted against it or they they denied they denied I think they denied taking it. Is is they denied they you know, denied taking yeah I think they yeah. denied uh, denied the uh, the the uh, the hearing of the case. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's kind of scary and tragic. We'll find um, it. Yeah, um, I I did want to mention first of all, beat Army tomorrow. It's the Army Navy game. Um, second of all, so I let's don't see who who I know that would be with you. My friend Don is with you on that, and okay. my friend Bill Montgomery is with you on that. He's a proud oh, West Pointer, and, oh, good. and my friend Zudi Jasser is not with you because he's Navy, and my okay. friend and no, I'm Navy. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry. Right, right. So Bill yeah, Montgomery's no, against fine. you. Don's against you. Zudi's with you. Brett Johnson's with you. There. I got it. Okay, yeah. good. Wait, reverse oh. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, we're there no, now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, Seth. Also, speaking of Bill Montgomery, and you were talking earlier of uh, conservatives who have passed in 2020, there was a Bill Montgomery who was the co-founder of the Turning Point where Charlie Cork Kirk has been working. Yeah, that's right. I didn't know much about him, but yeah. I, I remember seeing that name and thinking, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember seeing yeah. that name. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. And then I remember you talking a little bit about Gertrude Himmelfarb. That was last year, end of last year, wasn't it? Or am I wrong? No, it was January of 20. Did we lose her this year? Mm-hmm. Okay. I apologize for that. I thought it was last year. I thought No, no us. need to apologize. Now, I think I do think I'm right, run. though. I do think I'm right. Well, well, we'll just have let's to do let's some let's let's bet a steak <laughs> dinner on it. There you go, and we still need to do that. Yeah. By the way, now, um, now we'll now know. You, now we'll know I'm not paying. There you go. <laughs> now I think you mentioned um, Roger Scruton. Yeah. 
Okay, Bruce Kirschenson. Yep. Okay. Um, no. Walter Williams. Have... Walter Williams. Yeah. Well, well, everybody knows that one. Now there was a Bishop <laughs> Harry Jackson who was a black conservative pastor. Oh, right, 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 right. Good call. Good yeah. call. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, he passed. You in, bet. Uh, I think. I think November. Yep, you're right. There was also a. Yeah, there was a professor also at uh, University of North Carolina Wilmington named Mike Adams. Hmm. He was only 55, and he passed in July. I don't know him, but I'll look him up. No. Well, and interestingly, I have a feeling that Alex Trebek was also a conservative. I do, too. Even though he was I do, too. I, I, I think so, so, too. Yeah. I know yeah. Pat Sajak is. Oh, good. well, yeah. I, I think so. Oh, oh it's no, definite. Right. No, no. Pat is definitely conservative. He tweets conservative. Oh, yeah. He always emcees the annual Claremont dinners. Yeah, no, he's definitely yeah. conservative. Now, th- this may be uh, uh, my next You missed Charlie Daniels. Well, no, I, I heard you say Charlie oh, okay. Daniels, and right. I couldn't agree more. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think Charlie's way up there. And not only that, I mean, he was a serious Christian, and his belief and faith, I think again that kind of aligns very well with modern day conservatives. Yeah, yeah, as yeah, we, yeah. As yeah. we know and understand it. Yeah. Um, now this may be more for the homans, but I, you know, all the media is is uh, talking about the vaccine. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've been reading a lot about this ivermectin, and I've been reading a lot, obviously, about the hydroxychloroquine and the zinc, and I think it's vitamin D three. And and yet the vitamin D is getting a lot more attention lately. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And so you know, on the one hand, the media is talking about oh, vaccine, 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 and and you know, half the country's skeptical as I think they should be. And I think that there are other options, uh, such as the ivermectin, which I think is a pill, uh, and the hydroxychloroquine plus thing plus D three. Um, but if you have the Homans on again, I'd be very interested to hear their point. Yeah, I'll have them on on Tuesday, and I'm going to have Jasser, your Navy buddy, on next Friday. So oh, he'll, good. he'll good. give the medical, he'll give the Navy medical perspective, Zudi will. Yeah. And the Homans will give I the think, public policy one. And, and I think that's a, a worthy discussion because, you know, again, the media keeps pushing this vaccine thing, which deep down inside I keep thinking there's, you know, a follow-the-money aspect to that. Um, and yet there are pills out there that, and I think Donald Trump and probably uh, Rudy Giuliani probably took these pills that made them better, and they didn't uh, have any side effects or anything like that. And I think there's information out there that says that some women who have taken it in the U.K. have found out to become sterile as a result, which is really scary. Um now the the big thing, uh, as you mentioned, you didn't want to hear Rush uh, in their song "Heresy" from their Roll the Bones album. I was wrong the- about what I did with the Rush thing. Oh. I admitted I had asked oh, for okay. it. I just I, I I had a temporary lapse of judgment. I I may oh, I oh. may have coped with that one. Okay. Well, I I have a lapse of judgment whenever I get up in the morning, so I think we're even (laughs) on that. (laughs) Well, no, 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 we're not. That's 365 (laughs) lapses of judgment versus my one. But that does not make us even. Well, well, you're And and I have a steak dinner bet with you? Oh, my gosh, how's that going to work out? Well, you, yeah, but the uh, the good news is you get to pick the steak place. And I will bring Mrs. Rob, and you will bring your girlfriend, and anyone.
anybody else, maybe John from Peoria, and we can all hang out, <laughs> steak, and drink adult beverages. Boy, you're you're really you're you're, you're really going to have a big bill here. Well, uh, not me. I'm going to try to get John from uh, Peoria to pay for it. Oh, uh-huh. okay. All right. All right. Anyway, all right. Anyway, Seth, God bless you. God bless um, you, Rob. All right. And uh, you just uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. It's going to work out. Thank you. Yes, of course it'll work out. It's America. Listener Jim writes, I was hoping to give you a chuckle over the silliness that I'm currently witnessing, but then it dawned on me. This might actually be the inevitable evolution of hysteria that's indicative of a society that's become dependent more on expert over common sense and rational thought. I'm in a parking lot staring at a vet, a veterinary clinic, and there is a team of doctors performing a COVID-19 test on a client's dog. They are all in full COVID-19 gear, head-to-toe hospital gowns, booties, gloves, face masks, plastic face shields, and skull cap with swabs, performing both an oral and nasal swab on what appears to be a struggling border collie in the arms of an identically twitching male, who I'm assuming is the canine's owner. Both dog and owner are unhappy, one for being a hypochondriac in full transference mode, and the other unhappy because they can't speak human and tell these people to stop with the abuse. That's the news from Scottsdale. Thank you, Jim. To boost your immunity, your health, your energy levels, to fight the 4 o'clock slump, the 3 o'clock slump, the 5 o'clock slump, you want balance of nature. I take it every single day, and uh, I know what it's done for my health and immunity this year. It's kept me going strong. In a way like never before. I've never had a year like this, and I attribute balance of nature to it. Never got sick once. One daily dose. One daily dose gives you tens of thousands of vital nutrients from 100% whole food plants, fruits, and vegetables locked into vegetarian capsules with their unique cold press process. They have a great deal right now offering free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800 246 Go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code BALANCE. You know, when I travel, it's the first thing I make sure I have packed. I don't want to go day without it. A little more on the Supreme Court that we have learned on the Texas case. Um, It was a one-page order that says the complaint was denied for lack of standing. Texas has not demonstrated a judicially cognizable interest in the manner in which another state conducts its elections, according to the court. Two justices... Alito and Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas, wrote that they believe the court should have taken the case, that that the court did not have discretion in denying to take the case um, because it falls within their original jurisdiction, which they considered a mandatory hearing. Um, And Alito said, we would not grant other relief. We express no view on any other issue. We would just grant the motion to file the bill of complaint. That's it on the Texas case. It has nowhere else to go. And uh, thus the uh, chapter on that book closes. It's uh, It was a long shot. I think all of us knew that, but it was a unique and interesting and different shot. I thought Texas crafted a a, a uniquely interesting claim about what other states did with their election laws affecting 
the rights and voters of Texas and 17 other states that joined their complaint. But no, it won't happen. Um, Dana, I'm going to take your call on the other side of this break, if that's okay. It's open line Friday, 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. A lot more to talk about. 